Let us pray. And at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Acts 16.25 As words of Acts 16 resonate in my spirit, I stand excited because I now have a major key to my unending success. Today I acknowledge that prayer should be my first response and not my last resort. As I look at Paul and Silas, I realize that my worship is a warship that can be used to break the oppression and chains of the enemy. Through my voice and through my praise and worship, you will send a shockwave and an earthquake that will shake the foundation of my prison and free me. No matter where I am or what I face, I will never forget that one of the greatest weapons that I possess is my worship. With this truth, I will sing your praises everywhere I go. And when I do, the chains of hell and the chains of my enemy will not be able to hold me. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you for praying with us today. Continue your time with God by listening to today's Bible story. Brought to you by BibleInAYear.com Singing Jailbirds In our last story, we were able to read the letter Paul wrote to the Galatian church. Paul, with the love and wisdom of Jesus, implored the Galatian church to stop binding themselves to the law. He encouraged them to live under grace and living in the Spirit. Now we see Paul and Silas faced with a vexing demon. As Paul confronts the demon, he is met with imprisonment. As Paul and Silas dwell in the dark depths of a Roman jail cell, they are able to be lights of hope, inspired by the book of Acts. Hello, this is Jack Graham with another episode of The Bible in a Year. In our last episode, we heard Paul's letter to the church in Galatia and his powerful, beautiful explanation of salvation by grace alone in Christ alone. He urged the Galatians to not let themselves be enslaved to the burden of the law now that they have received the liberty that is ours in Christ. He then encourages us to use our freedom in Christ to walk by the Spirit and not the flesh and to produce the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Today, we'll find Paul and his missionary partner Silas confronting an evil spirit and facing a Roman prison. Yet, even in the darkness of their cell, they are full of hope and praise as they glorify God with singing. And as a result, a man and his family comes to personal faith in the Lord. Let's listen now in this reading from the book of Acts. Servants of the Most High God, she screamed. Make way for the servants of God, she yelled even louder. These men have come in the name of God. She laughed and twirled <laughs> around in circles. It had been days of her nonsense. Paul, Luke, Silas, and Timothy had been followed through Thyatira by a slave girl possessed by a demon. For days she rolled around on the floor, yelling and proclaiming their arrival. It had grown maddening. 
Even though what she was saying was true, she said it spitefully and jokingly. Every place they entered into, she yelled and screamed. It deterred people from listening to them. It scared people away. Sometimes truth spoken rudely can do just as much damage as a lie. The slave girl was clearly disturbed and fed multiple herbs to keep her mind trapped in a cage. Her owners would make money off of her, selling her off as a fortune teller. At first, it broke Paul's heart to see a girl so broken. However, after days of endless yelling, Paul was thrown into a small rage. These men are of God! Hear them! Hear them! She shouted. Her wicked cackles <laughs> pierced the ears of people in the streets. Here are the men who have come to be... In the name of Jesus, come out of this girl, you unclean spirit! Paul interrupted and yelled. The girl fell onto the floor, rolling in the dirt. Her fists banged on the floor and her teeth bit into her tongue. But then, like a storm that had finally been broken by the sun, the demon left her. She wept where she lay on the road. Paul and Silas lifted her to her feet and brushed the dirt off her clothing. She gave a remorseful grin towards the men and then ran back to her masters. Even though the exacerbating noise was gone, Paul had a sinking feeling that this was not over. The girl ran home to her owners, wailing with tears of joy and freedom. Her owners, however, were displeased with her restoration. They made a great deal of money from the demon inside her. The demon was able to tell fortunes and speak in ancient dialects. Many people paid a great amount to listen to a tongue of dark magic. They struck the girl, and she crawled back into the space she was kept. The owners would deal with her later, but for now, they set their sights on Paul. Silas and Paul were enjoying themselves in the marketplace. They bought food for their travels and spoke about Christ to the shopkeepers and vendors as they passed. Paul was walking towards a man selling dates and bread when he felt a swift blow to his right temple. <gasps> Paul fell immediately onto the ground. He looked up to see a boot coming down on his ribcage. <coughs> Paul felt the air leave his chest. He gasped and looked over to see Silas pinned onto the ground by another large figure. Paul was turned around and bound by ropes. He and Silas were tied up and marched to the magistrate courthouse. These Jews are disturbing our city, the slave owners declared before the court. They advocate for traditions that are not Roman. Paul and Silas looked at one another. They would not be receiving a fair trial. Paul opened his mouth to speak to the judge, but was interrupted by a right hook to the jaw. Their robes were ripped off their bodies, and the magistrates ordered for Paul and Silas to be beaten with rods. Paul watched the long and thin branch strike Silas's back. Silas did not scream. He was strong and knew what being a Christian entailed. He turned his back on those who whipped him. Paul received the same beating. The sharp branch broke through his bare skin. Blood and splinters caked onto his back. After a steady beating, Paul and Silas were thrown into prison. The stone floor was cold and jagged. It ripped Paul's feet underneath him. Before the two men could catch their breath, the jailer arrived. He was a large man, clearly well-built for his job. His grip was violent and hard as he fastened their ankles into chains. However, there was something different about him. Paul could see that behind the scowl was a face of a lost sheep. It was midnight, 
and the cold prison walls enveloped the prisoners in darkness. A dim torchlight could be seen from the distant hallways where the jailer slept. Paul could hear a steady drip of cold water fall onto the jagged stone. It echoed across the silent prison. All the prisoners were in the corners of their cells, shivering and waiting for morning light. Paul and Silas thought about Jesus, how he had suffered the scorn of men, yet still loved them. He maintained hope and joy, so they would do the same. One by one, the prisoners lifted their heads as they heard voices singing hymns to God. Paul and Silas sang with joyful shouts and beautiful melodies. Their songs bounced off the cold stone walls. Its echo was hauntingly powerful. The frigid prison air was filled with the warm praises of God's children. The songs became louder as other prisoners joined in on the melody. An orchestra of hope erupted from the dark depths of the Roman dungeon as hurting men turned to their God. As they sang, the earth itself began to shake. As if God was joining in on the music, a mighty earthquake shook the foundation of the prison. The hinges of the doors were shaken open, and the iron bars fell like the walls of Jericho. Paul and Silas's chains were unfastened, and there was a clean escape made ready for them. However, Paul and Silas did not move. They could hear the footsteps of the jailer approaching. He turned the corner to see the gates busted wide open. Assuming that Paul and Silas had escaped, the jailer drew his sword. He wept, knowing that he had dishonored his country, and to allow escape was inevitable death. The jailer pressed the tip of his blade against his throat and mumbled a last word before stepping forward to fall on his sword. Stop! Paul yelled. The jailer stumbled forward and was caught by Silas before he could fall on his blade. Do not harm yourself, Paul said. We are all here. The jailer trembled in the arms of Silas. He was bent over before them, weeping at the fact that they saved his life. Paul and Silas guided the jailer out of the prison into the moonlight. There they sat, speaking about the hidden brokenness in the jailer's heart. What must I do to be saved? The jailer asked with tears in his eyes. Paul and Silas smiled. Believe in Jesus and you will be saved. You and your household will be blessed, they answered. So the jailer brought them back to his home and they preached the gospel to his entire family. He hid them in his home until it was the appointed time for them to be released. It is time for you to leave in peace, the jailer said. The magistrates have asked for you to go quietly and in peace. But Paul knew why they wanted them gone. Paul and Silas were Roman citizens and they were imprisoned without a trial. What they had done was condemnable under Roman law. So the magistrates were forced to apologize to Paul and Silas. After the magistrates groveled, Paul and Silas were content to leave with joy. We begin today's reading learning that Paul has a new companion in ministry, a man named Silas. Paul, Silas, and Luke were in the Roman city of Thyatira, where they were staying in a home of a new believer named Lydia, a wealthy businesswoman who dealt in purple fabrics. As they went about town preaching the gospel, they were constantly followed by a young slave girl who was possessed by a demon that predicted the future. Her owners used this young girl for personal gain, unconcerned about her or her well-being. And as Paul and Silas walked through the city, the young girl would cry out loudly for all to hear, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. Her words were true, but they did not come from God. 
It is a reminder that all who proclaim Christ Jesus are not true followers or true worshipers. There are false prophets. There are demon spirits that exist that proclaim a message. This was a work of the enemy, Satan himself, to distract people from the message of Jesus and the gospel. And Paul saw right through it. Finally, when he had had enough, he spoke to the evil spirit in this young girl with the authority given to him by the Holy Spirit. He commanded the spirit, the demon, to leave her, and at once she was set free. Just as Jesus had called out demons, Paul continues the Lord's work in liberating captives from the forces of evil and the powers of Satan to experience the power of God. What a relief this must have been for the young demonized girl. The voices in her head had left her without peace, and now these voices were silenced. But her masters, who profited greatly from her condition, were very angry. Their trafficking had come to a screening halt, and they knew who was to blame. So they appealed to the local magistrate, saying Paul and Silas were stirring up trouble and advocating practices that were contrary to Roman law. Of course, this was a huge lie. But when your enemies have no real claim against you, they will come with lies and slander. Once again, Paul and his friends find themselves persecuted, only this time not by Jews but by Romans. He and Silas were seized, beaten, and thrown into prison. But even in this, Paul and Silas persevered with praise and saw the opportunity to worship God as a testimony and a witness of the power of Jesus. When bad things happen to us, when circumstances turn against us, when we are persecuted or set aside for our faith, do we continue to praise God? Too often we miss the opportunity to witness to the glory of God and the grace of God in our lives in our hardship. But Paul and Silas didn't miss this chance. So as they sat in their cell that night, rather than weeping and whining and licking their wounds, these men sang great songs of praise and worship. And the other prisoners could hear them lifting up their God in the name of Jesus. We then hear how at about midnight, God sent a mighty earthquake and rocked the prison, threw open the prison doors and caused the chains to fall off all the prisoners. This was their chance to escape. But they didn't. They didn't run away. When the jailer awoke, he was certain that the prisoners would be gone and it would cost him his life because when commanders were found out that they had not done their job, they would be executed. So he resolved to take his own life. But Paul stepped in, letting him know that no one had escaped. Listen to the jailer's response in Acts 16, verses 29 and 30. The jailer called for the lights and rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? That's the most important question that any one of us can ask and be answered by the witnesses of the gospel. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? When we see a miracle like this, when the earthquake came and shook the house, there's a greater purpose and plan. The chains God wanted to break were not merely those binding Paul and Silas and the other prisoners, but the chains of sin that held the jailer and his family. And as a result of Paul's perseverance and praise, this man and his entire family opened their hearts to the gospel of Christ. They were all saved. The men went with him to his home, and his entire family worshiped the Lord with the apostle Paul and Silas. And that next morning, the magistrates sent word that Paul and Silas were to be released. They discovered that these men weren't merely Jews, but Roman citizens. 
It is the first indication that Paul will wisely use his Roman citizenship to advance the gospel of Jesus far and wide, all across the Roman Empire. And we'll hear more about that in our next reading. Dear God, we thank you for this great scripture in Acts chapter 16 and the power of the gospel to change lives. Lord, in the midst of our trials and tribulations, may we always praise you. You have told us to give thanks always, that we can praise you even in the darkest of times. Because when we do, you are glorified and Jesus is magnified and people will see and hear our witness because of what Christ has done for us, we can stand firm in the midst of life's greatest challenges. May it be so in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you once again for joining the Bible in a year. And you can help ensure that more and more people can hear the life-changing message of God's Word with your generous gift today. To keep these gospel-centered messages reaching people around the world, please give at www.bibleinayear.com. This episode is sponsored by MediShare, an innovative healthcare solution for Christians to save money without sacrificing quality. Hello, I'm Dr. Tony Evans, and I'm excited to have you join me on this new podcast, Heroes in the Bible. Come to me, boy. You and your God will crumble beneath my feet. He beckoned the giant and said, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts and creator of the stars. You know, we all have giants that we face in our life. And when you understand that the greatness of God affects our ability to handle the giants of life, it will encourage, inspire, and challenge all of us to our faith in God and our growth in Jesus Christ. Look past his height and appearance, Samuel, for man sees the outward appearance. They see the strength of the man's arms, but the Lord looks into the heart. Listen to Heroes in the Bible with Dr. Tony Evans on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.